From the beginning, we started Everyday Driver to help people find cars they will love. Commuting is a chore, but driving should be fun. If you like to drive, then there are cars where your budget, needs, and fun all intersect, and we want to help you find them. I'm Paul. I'm Todd, and this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Everyday Driver Car Debate podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for rating and reviewing. That is helping us get recognized, get known by others. Thank you so much. We've got some really fun stuff to talk about tonight about the LA Auto Show. But along those lines, since this is a departure for us, kind of like our track day was, it's a little bit of a departure from just a car debate. We want to let you guys know if there's anything car-related you want to talk about, Send us that as well. I mean, we Agreed. love helping you guys with the car debates. We love helping you with the things you're looking for. But let's be candid. From an enthusiast perspective, twenty to $30,000, we're going to end up talking about a lot of the same cars a lot. We know we're doing that already. Guess what? We're talking about the Fiesta ST. We're talking about the WRX. We're talking about the BRZ. We talk about used <laughs> Porsche Caymans. I mean, if you've listened at all, you know this is happening We would like to talk about other stuff, too, but those are the cars that hit the sweet spot of enthusiast and those numbers. So send us other car ideas, other car discussion points you want to hear us talk on. Yeah, agreed. This doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a debate uh, all the time. Todd and I have noticed that, yes, we want the debate to be the primary thing that we we do, but there's other special things that we do like the track day and like we're doing now talking about the LA Auto Show that is actually going on at the LA Convention Center. If you are not near, there's other shows certainly, but uh, if mm-hmm. you're in the LA area, if you're in California, it is definitely worth a look because this is one of the two big shows in North America, the other being the yeah. Detroit yeah, yeah. North American Auto Show in January. But this one has really become... A, a big event and executives from all over the country, all, all over the world, as a matter of fact. I mean, Porsche executives, you name it, they fly Huge. to this show. This is a big show. And, it's become uh, a very big show. You know, even I debuts keep, for various new concept cars. This is the yep. show. Keep it, Keep in mind, I mean, that is kind of our home show since the show is, is mostly based in L.A. That is kind of our home yeah. show, so we went to that. But keep in mind, we've got some other things that are not direct car debates coming up soon. Thanks to Juan for sending us in an, an interesting idea we're actually excited about. He asked us to discuss every car manufacturer. What are the enthusiast choices in every car manufacturer? We're going to break that up into multiple weeks because it's a lot to cover. There's a we lot are going to cover there. that coming up. Yeah, that's, really going be, that's going to be fun, fun, though. I'm really excited about yeah. that. Thanks for sending that in. The other one that was uh, recommended by a few of you, I'm kind of shocked, but there have been more than four of you that have said, hey, would you please have an episode <laughs> talking about tires? So for the, I don't know, six of you, maybe, that are wanting to listen to tires, <laughs> we are going to discuss that in the upcoming weeks. We're going to have a discussion about you know changing tires, what it means, winter tires. We're going to discuss through a lot of that. We don't claim to be experts, but there are some things we know we want to share with you in case you don't know. So again, other ideas you have for car-related stuff, send it in. But, you know, hey, we'll debate anything, not just what you'll buy. Yeah, bring it on. Bring on your ideas. So uh, we'll jump right into the LA Auto Show. And this was during uh, media and press days where we get the chance as journalists to walk the show and sit in a lot of cars that are otherwise closed to the general public. A lot Mm -hmm, of mm higher-end cars, a lot of new, you know, brand-new models because, you know, the general public, unfortunately, they unscrew shift knobs and they steal things (laughs) out of the interior and whatever, but, uh, you know, auto manufacturers want to keep their cars nice and also want to provide journalists a chance to get a sneak preview. We would obviously love to be driving these cars instead of sitting Mm -hmm. in them, but Mm -hmm. it's a really great way to get in some stuff. I want to start off talking about the Alfa Romeo 4C. We have driven that, and that is forthcoming in our mid-engines and mountains piece 
It's supposed to be released hopefully uh, early December early here. Early December, we're it in, will uh, be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heavy f- post production on that, so watch for that. But we saw the Alpha Four seat. We had to stop by, and both Todd and I are standing at the booth. And when, first off, the booth is kind of hidden. Well, yeah, this is the tiny. Alpha Four C. This is a gorgeous car, and yeah. it's kind of hidden, almost in an alleyway between other <laughs> booths. I was like, "Wait, I, I mean, I accidentally found the Alpha Four C behind the Hyundai booth." It's like, "What is this doing here?" Yeah, I, I and admit not that only was the strange. cars were gorgeous, but they actually had some of the most gorgeous women standing there with the cars, and it was two Alpha Four Cs just kind of hidden away in this little alleyway. I expected trash to be blowing down the alleyway. It was one of the back alley kind of thing. And here's the Alpha 4C. I took photos of the cars and other things. It was great. Oh, yes. Of course you did. Shocking. <laughs> anyway. Well, so we're standing there. And the car is spinning around on the turntable. And we both noticed this extra thing. It looked like a carbon fiber wart on the left side <laughs> yeah. down low just ahead of the the rear wheel. So it was the, mm-hmm. the lower yep. rocker. And we both kind of looked at this and thought, all right, I wonder what that is. I wonder if that's, is that an upgrade in power? Is that a different model? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And we walked to the other side of the car and it was asymmetrical. It was not on the yep. right side of the car, therefore only a left, yep. asymmetrical. That's and so we only. called up the, the, um, the gal working the, the booth. She was part of the, the Alpha product Male, specialist, yeah. um, uh, specialist there and said, look, what, you know, the press car that we drove for the film did not have mm-hmm. this. What's going Agreed. on? And to the best of my memory, she explained that it was just a styling element. She wasn't really familiar with it. It didn't necessarily do anything. It wasn't an extra intake or cooling or anything. It's supposed, it was, to be, it's supposed to be an extra-related intake for the performance pack was what she said. But in spite of that, it doesn't change any of the ratings on horsepower, which makes me go, well, what's it there for? Well, the so car anyway, we yeah, drove had the off. performance pack. It had I everything. Agree. I, was, I agree, man. I, I don't get it. I, very strange. Very, very strange to see that car since we drove it with that little... And it wasn't, honestly, a very attractive intake. No, I, I, I don't like surprised. it. Both yeah. of us agreed yeah, yeah. that I would take the car without it. And uh, mm-hmm. even the launch edition has some different tweaks that I don't think make the car better. You know, you've got to stop sketching and stop drawing at some point. The car's done. <laughs> Call it done, man. You know? <laughs> stop sketching. I love that one. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, there's, there's, there's some intake. There, there's like some airflow holes in the front fenders of the performance pack as well. And that, I mean, the, the launch edition, and that was a little bit of a surprise. But this intake, especially considering so many journalists, journalists have driven it without it. Right. Uh, I was very surprised to see that. That was very odd. She said this was on all production cars moving forward. So, yeah. Regardless with the performance back, which is very, very bizarre. Very I mean, smart. that is the cool thing about all the all these cars at a, at the actual press events for the show. You can get into pretty much everything, anything you can think of that would be at the show. You can climb in, which is amazing. Yeah, it was was and, pretty nice. I mean, that that includes. I mean, you know, the Bentleys or the crazy stuff. What's weird is the last few years at LA Auto Show. The, the Some of the big exotics have not been there. Lamborghini has not shown up. Ferrari has not shown up. Right. The, the biggest exotic cars are like the Aston Martin and the Porsche booth. And Porsche always has a huge booth in a side little extra area. They always have a huge display. They made a but beeline. They have their own hall. Of course you do. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, but where's Ferrari? Where's Lamborghini? Of course, the discussion is if you want one of those cars, you're not going to the LA Auto Show. You're just going to go buy one. I get it. Very true. But in a place like LA, I am shocked they don't show. Well, I meet a beeline for the Porsche Hall, and they're in the same place every year at the auto show. <laughs> they are. They have the they hall are. all to themselves, and they do it differently each time. They serve food, and this year was all about the GTS versions of just about every single one of their models. The Cayman, yeah. the 911, yeah. the Cayenne, the Panamera. 
I didn't. The Macan did not have the GTS yet, but you know well, it's coming. Not yet. It will. That'll be next year. <laughs> Every year at the LA Auto Show, Porsche does a big reveal. It was fantastic. I loved it, of course. But uh, what both of us noticed that every one of these models is lined with Alcantara. The, yep. All these cars are just coated with Alcantara. I think I, it's great. I, cli- I love it. I climbed in the Cayman GTS, and, and it was like I heard a voice in the back of my head that was, yes, sir, you can have that at Alcantara, because it's <laughs> everywhere in that car. And here's the other thing. The one that was sitting there on the floor, I don't know if you noticed this, the one that was sitting on the floor was a $72,000 car, because it's the GTS. It's the hot Cayman. However, right. $72,000 before the $26,000 in options. This was a $101,000 Porsche Cayman. I think the only company that does options like that is Ferrari. I mean, they have everything yeah, you can possibly get, yeah. and it just it ruins the price of the car. I mean, that was a hundred thousand dollar Cayman, which is exorbitant. There, there is, I mean, I, I realize this is not how people shop. I know that, but just yes, let's let's go ahead and put it, put a, a number on it. That is, do you want to buy a ST or a FRS or a WRX in addition to your Porsche Cayman? That's the price we're talking about. I mean, that's just astounding. And, of course, Carrera GTS as well, also wildly expensive. If there aren't enough variations, micro variations of the 911 for you, guess what? There's now a GTS of the 991 Carrera. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of Alcantara, I actually ended up going to the Alcantara party. They threw a party. Alcantara is essentially an Italian company that it's it's ultra suede that's made in Italy, and they threw a party at this place called Vibiana, which is a, it's a it's one of the first Catholic churches in L.A., and they've painted the interior white, and it's a banquet hall for weddings and receptions and parties, mm. and mm. it's just an unbelievable venue. And they had a fashion yeah, show, cool and then out in the courtyard they had the Uraken and the new uh, Aventador, <laughs> also coated with Alcantara. And yeah. it was quite the party. So I guess that company's making money because, uh, as evidenced by how much Porsche uses in their cars. So a, a super was everything. All the surfaces of this party super smooth. Everything was a little <laughs> bit furry, but super smooth. It was yeah. It was anyway. Moving on. It was okay. quite something. Yes. Well, yes. Quite crazy. Yeah, the, the Porsche booth is always quite astounding. I mean, they've always got race cars sitting there. They had a 918 sitting there in what I can only describe as stormtrooper livery. I mean, it was all just was, whites and blacks, and it looked great. It looked great. That was, but, uh, that yeah, was they, fantastic. Well, there was they a, always um, pull out the stops for L.A. There was a white, uh, the new MX-5 Miata, the white pre-production car that we sat oh, yeah, in. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was uh, right-hand drive, too. Yeah. Right-hand drive, and we snuck over. Didn't you say you were screwing around with the top, opening and closing it, and... Uh, I didn't yeah, like I was that very the well. Top, and then later on, they came by when I got in later with Paul, and they came by and they said, Oh, we're not having anybody open the top. And I was like, Well, where were you an hour ago where I was the only one in this little corner of the booth? And I was putting the top up and putting the top down. I mean, hello. And that's the point. I mean, here's the thing. The last generation of the of the Miata and all the generations, the struggle I have had with the car, and I'm a fan. Paul's not as much, but I'm a fan. The struggle it's I've had okay. with the car is with the top up, I don't fit well. In the NC, with the top up, the latest generation, that one's on sale now, about to replace. With the top up, the crossbar hits me in the top of the head. I can, that's without a helmet on. So what am I going to do? This one wow. is better. Absolutely. I'm sitting there at 6.3 in the new one, and it, I missed that cross beam, which is great. I think I might be able to get into it with a helmet. I'd be very curious more about the hard top. But that's a good-looking car in person. It's okay. I'm still not convinced. I need to see it out in the sunlight instead of under the uh, just the gorgeous photography under the inside lights but i i remember I sitting in this car and i 
I think I recall having a little bit more space in the NC, the prior generation. This was very tight. Uh, it's to small. the point of uncomfortability for me. I don't remember liking that hmm. very much. I'll have to see. Maybe it just that's all irrelevant when you drive the thing and, you know, a light shines down from heaven and <laughs> it makes it all better. <laughs> but that was tight in that car. It's a small cabin. But you know what? The NC is not a big cabin either. I mean, no, you know, it, it's it, not. Fit, it's but been a while it's, since it's I've a tight cabin. It. I mean, the NC is bigger than the NB was, the second generation. That one I just flat out cannot fit in. But the, uh, uh, you know, we should get them all. We should get them together. That's what we should do. We should get the NA all the way through. That would be really cool. That would be interesting. But, um, I think to, it's a great looking car. It looks like a smaller car. It looks like a car with some passion and style, which I feel like the Miata has always been a little bit cutesy, but doesn't really have like passion about it. I feel that in this new version. Passion and style while wearing a straight jacket. Awesome. <laughs> it's well, here's the wrapped thing. around I, I, you. You're almost I, strangling, but man, is it a small, good looking car. I don't it's know. It's nice interior. I, here's the thing. I'm uh, going to say this. We can't confirm this. We don't know this for sure. But uh, how's the best way I can think to put this? We have reason to believe. Oh, rumblings. Little, uh, there will be engine rumors. options yeah. in the U.S. It's interesting. Uh, I mean, there will be overseas. They're going to do a tiny engine, and they're going to do the two-liter that, that we're all expecting in the U.S. We have reason to believe there may be a more powerful engine. I don't know anything more than that other than, than that. And what I'm wondering is, is, is Mazda learning ahead of time? Is Mazda learning from what the FRS BRZ is having trouble with that Toyota and Subaru are not learning? And that is give people options, give people a more powerful version of your Focus sports car. Is Mazda kind of taking all that under advisement and going to do it for us? You know, one of the things that I like just as much as looking at the cars is standing in the booth and listening to everybody around you talk because everybody mm -hmm. is also mm -hmm. in the industry and you're hearing executives from various companies and rumors and speculations and you just hear things and so if yeah. you just kind of yeah. be quiet and just sort of glide through the crowd it's really interesting to pick up on people's conversations and yes yeah, that's a lot of stuff. that's we were hearing some pretty interesting things and it's absolutely it's fascinating to be there because in that crowd you know it's not just speculation by the general public it is mm -hmm. behind the mm -hmm. scenes and people are asking real questions because journalists want to know hey is this car going to have a different trim level or more power or whatever in mm -hmm. the future and so yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of fun um, and, and, and the thing that you have to know also about these press days I mean we were there uh, Paul was there both days I was there on the first day which is the craziest day yeah, there are people nuts. hauling around I'm not kidding you like whole carts worth of gear oh just my gosh monstrous amount of gear there's you know the 30 foot jib the news crew brought in is swinging overhead with an expensive camera and almost knocking people in the head while it drops down to the cars and everybody's trying to do the exact same thing which is random person stands in front of the car and essentially reads the brochure at a camera, which of course we refuse to do that because that's been yeah. overdone. But everybody's doing some variation of that. People are hauling tripods and it's madness. So to be able to walk around kind of under the radar like we do and really get in a lot of cars and really talk about these cars just between ourselves and listen to what others are saying and take it all in is great because it's a madhouse for those days. It really is. It's food. It's espresso at nearly every manufacturer, oh, which is great. That's that's a great point. That's a great point. Honestly, you go to a show like this, and I, 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 every year it's I come fantastic. away going, do, do car journalists do anything other than eat and drink coffee? Because 
every booth has a specialized coffee booth. It's quite insane. <laughs> to the point that I had walked at one, I told you about this, Paul. I had walked like through four different booths at once. It was like Lexus, who had coffee. Volvo, who had coffee. Mercedes, who had coffee. BMW, who had coffee. I got just past BMW. I think it was into Infinity, who also had coffee. <laughs> and a guy walked by me, meeting up with a friend of his. And, he, and his friend said, I'm not kidding. This was not a joke. His friend said with all seriousness, hey, where'd you get coffee? And I was like, are you insane? You can't walk <laughs> past me? one booth here and not see coffee. What do you mean, where did he get coffee? Just turn around. It's, it's well, I, nuts. I admit I didn't go hang out at the Buick booth, but I heard they screwed up because people were asked, oh, hey, where'd you get that? And they said, oh, Buick's got coffee. And you walk over there, and they handed you artisan beans, not yes, but actual brewed coffee. But beans from Detroit. I mean, that's like wine from El Paso. I mean, what, <laughs> I, I, come on. Come on. You're handed beans and, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? Where do I put that? I'm wearing a suit. What do I do? Can't consume it. Don't have a Here pocket you go. for it. Why are you handing me beans? But, hey, at least they broke the kind of broke the coffee mold. I mean, coffee right. is everywhere. Food They're is trying. everywhere. They're uh, yeah, trying. You get such a sense that journalists <laughs> can so easily become spoiled when everywhere you turn around, somebody is handing you something to eat or drink while you walk around through these cars. It's, it's honestly a little absurd. It really is. All right, so here we go. The next booth that I made a beeline for after Porsche – was Mercedes. I am yeah, yeah, yeah. just fawning. I admit I am really over the moon about what Mercedes is doing, and I had to see this new AMG GT car. They had mm -hmm. both the regular and the S variants, and this is a car specifically aimed at the 911. You probably know that already, and I, I wanted to sit on it. I want to see this thing in the flesh, and I am stunned by this car. It's gorgeous. So aimed at the 911, frankly, it looks like the 911. I think they took from. I think it was Photoshop. They took the top of a Cayman or 911 <laughs> and slid it on the top of the old SLS and kind of went, huh, guys, I think we've that's got our next kind of design. That's a decent idea. Yeah, that's, it, it looks yeah. like that. I mean, honestly, I do think it's a great-looking car. I have to say it looks significantly smaller and more refined than the SLS. But if you look at it from, like, the middle of the door back – Oh yeah, it may as well be the 911. It's shocking how similar it looks. It's it's almost it's almost a clone. That's where I, I, I take you on your on your Photoshop comment. I think you're absolutely right. It looks like it could be a clone. <laughs> Just chopped the top of a Cayman or 911 out and pasted that right on the top and went, "Hey, car design's easy." It's like, look, boss, I can do Photoshop. <laughs> now that you know everybody gets a color printer <laughs> with their computer purchase, everybody's a graphic designer now. It's wow. Okay, <laughs> not really. Easy, but, uh, easy there. Yeah, Mercedes had some impressive stuff. I did get a chance to sit in that GLA, the, the AMG yeah. cars. I'm yeah. just – their interiors have come a long way. I am thoroughly yeah, I mean, they, impressed with everything. They are, they're doing well at just about every class right now, and their stuff looks unique, which is cool. Yeah. I agree with you. The GLA AMG looked great. The GT yeah, looked great. Yeah. But, I mean, they're talking about releasing something like – 30 models in the next 10 years. I mean, they're they're pushing so hard right now. It's insane how hard Mercedes is pushing. And they are doing that, that BMW thing now of going, what is the hyper niche of the hyper niche of a car we can sell oh to 20 gosh. people and call it a success? They're doing that too. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, BMW does it the most. And I, I have to admit, I am in the midst of doing a little bit of shopping myself right now. I'm actually shopping yes, for an are. SUV. And yes, uh, I have sat in Jeep Grand Cherokees and I sat in the Mercedes ML class there, and then I did send. I sat in the X5M. Mm -hmm. This is I. I didn't even want to look at the price. BMWs are exorbitantly expensive, off to have not. 
And I sat in that car and I did admit to wanting that. It's really nice. And I, I stand by what I've always said about oh the, X5, the X5 and X6M, and that is you're going supersonic in a high chair. You're sitting way too high for the performance level oh, yeah. of those cars. And I sat in the X6M. It had been a while since I'd been in that car. I, I've driven it on the track. I think you have as well. Yeah. It, it is, it's surprisingly agile for what it is. But I had forgotten. I got in the X6M, and I have to say the headroom in the back seat is actually better than I remembered. Now, is it? My head my head is still touching the ceiling, but I will oh. say this. If you're over 6 feet tall, it's too tight. If you're under probably 5'10", I think you're fine. So, of course, here we are, freakishly tall at 6'3". So, cars are not designed for us. So, that backseat yeah. is too tight for us. But I had to think about, okay, who are you? What are you buying this car for? If you don't have anybody in your life over 5'10", the X6M actually does work kind of as a four-seat SUV, even though I don't understand why it exists or why there's an M version, but it's very impressive. Wow. I well, all right. I I want it to be less useful than it is because I feel like that's the gift to the world that nobody asks for and it's sort of like, hey, oh, well, is. here you go and the, we the don't only, want this ugly one. turd. No thank you. <laughs> the, the only worse one is the 5 series GT. Oh yes. Which oh, is my just gosh. you've got to be kidding. They make a 3 oh, series man. version of that. They thought it was so successful that they made the 3 series flavor of that. Well, what I don't know that they thought it was so successful. I think they looked at it and went, well, if, if, if 50 people will buy the 5 Series version, ah. maybe 100 will buy a 3 Series version. I mean, it, they're so hyper niche now. I mean, some impressive cars. Obviously, the i8 is there. The i3 yeah. is there. That is impressive how they're doing that kind of cutting-edge technology. And both of them, while being at opposite ends of the i brand, are equally cool and interesting, which is kind of impressive, to be honest. I, I agree. I love BMW. I love going through there. But it's just sort of the the what is it, the X4 and all these other just yeah, yeah, yeah. super niche every niche, models. Every niche we can slice. Every single niche we can slice. It's amazing. Um, trying to think a couple other standouts that uh, cars we've talked about before that are really turning our heads now, and that is Volvo and Hyundai. And at the mm -hmm. Volvo stand, they are presenting the new XC90, which, by the way, is an impressive SUV. They're presenting this along with a virtual tour inside an enclosed glass box. So you get this five-minute mm -hmm. presentation while wearing the new Oculus Rift uh, headset. It's an entirely virtual tour of the inside and driving. But they've enclosed mm -hmm. you in this room because they're pumping in uh, scented pine f that is yeah. Swedish pine. Yeah. So you get this sort of... A taste the of whole. Sweden, you know, they're they're really doing a great job presenting it yeah. and getting pre-orders. And we walked through there going, wow, they are not forgotten. They're growing. I'm thoroughly impressed. I, I feel like they're the BMW of Sweden or even better. Honestly, man, I, I would go further than that. I have to say... The XC90 was so impressive. Yeah. I got in it. I got in every seat of it. I cracked up the back. I looked at the interior in detail. I think the styling is far more masculine. has got a ton of presence, the new styling. The interior, I don't know if you noticed this, the interior does not have any variation of their old waterfall grill. They've thrown it out. It looks You're much right. more kind of modern BMW. The materials are great. There's little tiny, I mean, there's lots of little details, including there's even a little tiny, instead of like a tag, the tag is a little tiny Swedish flag on the side of the seat. Do you need that? No. Is it a nice little touch? Kind of. All the materials are great. All the That's seating great. positions and the seats themselves are wonderful. I was so impressed with this car to the point, actually, if we're going to talk about the Volvo XC90, I want to sidestep to what I think is a direct competitor that has okay. the bigger reputation, and that is the new Land Rover Discovery. 
I okay. have to contrast these two cars. They weren't even far away from each other. I have to contrast them because they're both trying to be the same thing. This is the less than $100,000 semi-luxury or full luxury, depending on how you want to trick it out, uh, seven-seat SUV. And the XC90 couldn't have impressed me more. And the Land Rover Discovery, I, I'm shocked by how unimpressed I am with that truck. I feel like the Discovery is small. Isn't the, the XC90, isn't that a bit of a bigger car than size-wise? I feel like little, it competes directly with the is, Range Rover, but not in, not in price. Yes, agreed, agreed. And I think it does compete. That's the crazy thing, having been in it. I was like, this absolutely Land Rover should be scared of this car. And then you yeah. have the Discovery, which technically, yes, is a slightly smaller car, but it's trying to be a seven-seat car. And I just... Uh, oh, yeah. The thing when you, about the, when you the pulled Discovery. the seats back and showed me the back seat room, I wouldn't I wouldn't want kids back there. I wouldn't wish, wish that on my worst enemy. I don't think designers it's, are thinking through... They've come to the point where they've packaged seats in there, and they're so proud of themselves, they haven't stood back and thought, would I want to ride there? Would I put my kids in there? I'm just well, not but here's, sure. Here's the thing. I don't know that it's the designer's fault as much as the... I mean, you know this from the design world. I'm sure they were given a marketing brief, this car has to have seven seats. And they looked at the tiny amount of room they had left and went... All right, you want seven seats? I'll give you seven I seats. Suppose, They're going to be terrible. But I mean, because because they are. They're laughable. They are laughable awful. rear seats. The, the back two seats are, are, are the smallest rear back seats I think I've ever seen for a seven-seat car. I mean, by, by a wide margin, they're the smallest. They have that problem where the leg room is, you know, what, four inches down from from the surface of the seats. So you're going to have your knees in your face. And you have a cup holder, which is at your ankles. And... I don't yeah. really think you could get a full-size adult back there even sideways. These are tiny, tiny, tiny seats to the point that literally I had to laugh about it. It was so absurd. And also, I look at it inside and out. The Land Rover Discovery looks like Land Rover built a Ford Edge. Hmm. And I they're not even that. associated with Ford anymore. I can but see the that. inside styling looks like a nice version of the interior of the Ford Edge. The exterior styling looks like a rounded-off version of the Ford Edge. I'm standing there, especially considering you can stand there the way LA Auto Show was. Look at the Discovery, turn to your left, and look at the new XC90. And I kept thinking, really? Yeah. They, I would run to the Volvo by comparison. I hope that XC90 just blows out sales numbers, honestly. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic. Cool. It's cool. great looking. The materials, the build quality, it seems thoughtful. Whereas the Discovery feels rushed to me because mm. those seats mm. were approved yeah. by some executive at yeah. some point in the design process. At, yeah. you, you see the interior. At some point, it comes down to one person approving it and making a decision. Yes, it's worked on by a team, but yeah. somebody has to give the green light to it, just like they do for films and movies and you know projects like that. It comes yeah, down some, to one Somebody person. along the way said, okay, let's go with that. And boy, they could not have been more wrong. I couldn't agree with you more, you man. You remember Absolutely. what the price was on that thing? I feel like it was fairly expensive. I, I don't remember. I, I Yeah, let's be honest. It's a Land Rover. It's a mid-grade Land Rover. The, the yeah. Evoque starts at 50. So this is going to start at 60 or 70 to start. You know it will because it's it's below the Range Rover. And the Range Rover starts at about 100. There's just so, no I mean, reason to shop in that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I I was surprised to be so disappointed. You also wanted to talk about Hyundai, which was another kind of surprise this, well, so, this time. Well, so, yeah, we walked. Uh, we were walking through and uh, found ourselves, I think it was just we turned the corner out of the uh, Alpha hallway and found ourselves mm -hmm. at the Hyundai booth, walking in the back and going, all right, Hyundai, let's see what they've got. I feel like 
there's no longer any question, it's been this way for a few years now, but there's no longer any question, is Hyundai competing at the top level for what their market is? And yeah. now I feel like it's past that because right in front of us was the new, the big Genesis sedan. We don't the usually gravitate yeah. towards these the cars. They had yep. it at the um, uh, Rocky Mountain Track Day. I think they had one there for us to drive around the track, and of course we avoided it. But I think it was a street drive, but yeah, you're right, they did. Okay, it was a street drive. And, you know, like I said, we're not generally shopping for that market. We're not mm -hmm. looking at those as enthusiast cars to recommend, but... I just thought, all right, I'll get in the back seat. I hopped in, and I'm going, this no longer just feels like the fake it till you make it thing. This feels like oh, they've arrived. I'm it's genuinely floored. impressive. I, I mean, I think you I can tell right it. away by seats and material of seats when you get into a car that is that kind of trying to be executive class. The seat materials, the seat, the actual feel of them, the room, I was like, this is done at a very high level for a much lower price than a lot of other stuff. You're going to laugh at me, but this comes down to our 9-11 film where you just kidded me about the door ping on the Porsches. I judge yes. cars by how the door sounds when you close I it. I know you do. German cars do. have this certain thing, and you know what the Hyundai Genesis did? It fell into that category for me. I went, Wow. All right, so that felt really good, and that sounded great, and it sounded like it was, you know, sound deadening and well engineered, and all of those things, and I was impressed. I mean, that's honestly the they are doing thing that they, I do, but they are doing right now. Uh, Hyundai and and Kia. I want to talk about the Kia nine hundred in comparison. Okay, the Hyundai and Kia are doing exactly what Lexus did when it entered the market against the the seven series and the and, and the S class. They really are a fantastic cheaper also ran and I'm not just saying that because they're cheaper. The first Genesis sedan, impressive, hey good job, yeah. good for you, good yeah, on you kind of thing. This I got in and went genuinely went, okay, you have really come to play now. And I got yeah. in the, here's the interesting yeah. thing, Paul. I got in the Kia nine hundred very shortly thereafter, I went over and got in the Kia 900, which, of course, is the Kia version of the Hyundai Genesis, the big Hyundai Genesis sedan. The Hyundai, if you sit there and look at it, this, I mean, let's be honest. They're, they're doing it cheaper, and they are being copycats. You sit in the Hyundai Genesis sedan, and the feel of the interior, the design of the interior, feels a little bit BMW. You go get in the sure, Kia 900. I can see that, yeah. The Kia 900 is the Mercedes, my friend, down to the seat-shaped door changes, you know, the, the electric is it really? doors, which I didn't are seat-shaped on the door. I, I didn't the Kia 900, it. and here's a funny thing. I went back and looked in the Genesis to make sure I wasn't insane. The Genesis does not have the door, I mean, the, the seat-shaped uh, seat uh, <laughs> buttons, but the Kia 900 does. So the Kia 900 clearly is going, let's take this platform and make a S-Class also ran. And the Genesis sedan is going, let's take this uh, chassis and make a BMW style also ran. And they're both very different personalities and both very impressive. Now, isn't this funny? Because that's how Lexus started back in the early exactly. 90s, late 80s, exactly early 90s. Right. They had Mercedes in their gun sights and uh -huh. went after just nearly copying everything Mercedes does. And yep. then they yep. kind of, over the years, they found their own voice. Clearly, they found their own styling that is entirely different than anybody else is doing. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, now. With rather controversial. Grill. Yep. <laughs> we have a joke about Lexus, and that is <laughs> about the styling. It's just sort of along the lines of, well, oops, designer. Yeah, Lexus, oops. <laughs> bumped your pen. Anyway. And, well, We'll leave that line in there. It's a little bit of a jog in the line, but whatever. Nobody Oops. else has a Predator grill. Let's let's go with that. That's unique. <laughs> well, anyway. so Lexus started out copying Mercedes. Now Hyundai Kia is gunning for them. And I yeah. wonder if that's a successful recipe. 
And I wonder if Chinese manufacturers are catching on to that too, because there's knockoffs of the Range Rovers, knockoffs of the mm -hmm. Mercedes, BMWs. They're all trying to do that very thing. So what is it about the Germans that makes it such a benchmark? And the yeah. Germans are always, they've got to be on the forefront in terms of materials and quality. And I think they are. I really do. There is a difference. Yeah. You, you cannot say, all right, well, so if that's the case, then there's no difference any longer. And you can't tell. No, you can. You really can. You can. You can. But I, I find that fascinating to think about that as far as car manufacturers, you know, how they're and influenced. Because they're looking at each other. Here's the thing. I think the gaps are shrinking. What I, what, I, what I was really struck by at this show was a number of places where I got in a car and it felt like another manufacturer's car. I'll give you mm. a couple real quick. Mm. I got in the uh, the new Lexus uh, NX200. <laughs> it's their new five-seat SUV. Okay? So it's it's the same size as a Chevy Equinox. And I bring up the Chevy Equinox because literally I got in the back of this Lexus SUV and, and actually looked at the door panels and looked at the seats and was like, in the back, this may as well be the Chevy Equinox. Styling, materials, the look of the door panels was like, Amazing. this is practically the same car. Similarly, I got in the, um, what is it? It's the, the Acadia equivalent from Hyundai. It's the, the Santa Fe. Okay, okay now I have the GMC right. Acadia. I got in the Santa Fe. It looks a little bit like the Acadia now. I got in it in the front seats and sat there and went, this feels familiar because, of course, I own one. Looked at the seats. I don't know for sure, but I would swear they're the same seats. Like the I same mean, the, supplier the, kind of thing. Oh, I, I think I think they are. They, they really? look so similar. The, the shape is so similar. I mean, there's so much overlap. Now, obviously, every manufacturer has their cars that are their their marquee cars that make them stand sure, out. Sure, of course. But short of that, I feel like there's so much blurring. And you can get in one car and be like, especially on a day like we had, where we're hopping in so many things. You get in and you're like, okay, okay, what brand was this again? You're looking at the steering wheel for the logo. Right. Going, where am I sitting? Because a lot of the stuff just blends so much now. I, that's disappointing. Thank God every manufacturer has their standouts, but there's a lot of stuff that just is a blur. Well, that is what they do when manufacturers and product planners, unfortunately, are gunning after a particular segment that's successful for one manufacturer. They buy that car and tear it apart, and oh, yeah. you know yeah, they're yeah. measuring it, they're looking at specs, and they're saying, all right, so what's our version of this market segment sure. or whatever? Sure, yeah. I, you know, I come back to BMW doing all these separate niche models that don't really compete with anything else, maybe that's kind of blazing your own trail, but I don't know if it's successful or not, you know? I, I don't know if it's what, what the, the market appetite need to be wants. on those cars. It's, it's very interesting how they can just break it up again and again and again. I don't know. So I have some questions. We probably should try to wrap up sometime soon. I mean, I could go on for a while. Well, here, but, yeah, uh, I could talk about cars. Well, it's you have some, what we do, <laughs> I guess. Shocking. You, ha it? you have anything huh. else you want to talk about standout-wise? You know, the only other thing I was going to say is about the new Jag F-Type that is now offered uh, with a new manual and all-wheel mm -hmm. drive. So that's kind of yes. interesting. Be curious but to put that on camera. Time. Not at the uh, same no, time. No, not at the same the time. The V8 will come all-wheel drive. And then the supercharged V6 and the V6 will come manual. Did you get one? I got one. This is one of the coolest marketing things. And I, a lot of times marketing, I just am way too cynical. I look at the marketing and I just see the design behind it. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. But I do have to say, they had one of the coolest marketing things at Jack. I'm glad you brought it up that I've seen in a while. They had the manual manual. Did you see this thing? Oh, you showed it to me and I forgot to pick one up. I'm bummed. They had a little tiny, like six or seven page brochure that was literally... It was less about the advertisement of we're going to make a manual than it was literally, if you've never seen a third pedal before, it was the very well-explained 
kind of like you'd write for a VCR for somebody that doesn't understand technology. Very well explained, <laughs> how do you drive a stick shift car? Six-page manual. And the whole joke was, because it said it like in the first page, because I, I skimmed through most of it. The whole joke was, well-written, doesn't have a tongue-in-cheek, has a real let us let us proselytize the manual to you, but it has a comment in there where it says, "Where if you're already a fan, please pass this manual on to someone that isn't." That's and I, funny. I just kind of I kind of laughed because you know we've had people ask us before, "How do you learn to drive a manual uh, transmission?" And here was from Jaguar the manual manual in celebration of the fact the F Type is now going to come with a six speed manual. Which hallelujah, by the way, want to yeah, drive that car as the 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 supercharged V six that middle model is going to be the hot place to be. Yeah. Yeah, that supercharged V6 with a manual? Oh, my gosh. I want to drive that car. That marketing strikes me as the – it's got that clever tone that mini marketing has had in the past decade or yeah. so. Just That's a great clever, point. You know, mm-hmm. it, it strikes the right tone, and it definitely appeals to enthusiasts. And thank God, yeah, manuals are not dying, and manufacturers mm-hmm. are embracing them, and – here we go. I, I love that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally agree. I, I I was really glad I picked one up. Uh, that was, That's so was just, funny. I had to laugh. I, I read it through and just kind of sat there smiling, going, "Okay, all right." Somebody thought this through. Very and clever. Really well. Very really, clever. Really well. All right. So you had a few questions in uh, in wrapping up here. Um, well, yeah. I was just curious. I mean, I, I had three things that struck me because I was thinking about this about the whole show, and that is, and we can hit them uh, as hard as you want. I mean, I'm curious about what for you was the biggest surprise. What was the biggest letdown, and what do you most want to drive, having been to the show? Hmm. I think uh, I'll start with letdown, and I hate to be a naysayer about this car because I have not driven it, but the, I wanted the new Mazda Miata to impress me a little bit more. The interior hmm. seemed to be good but tight, and from a stylistic standpoint, yeah. it just yeah. felt like the 3 Series transplanted, or the Mazda 3 transplanted into the MX-5. I wanted it. I was expecting a little bit more character sure. and a little bit more flavor because that car is so mm. special and mm. so unique. It should have a standout interior that belongs to only that car. It shouldn't be a carbon copy of, all right, I can see the lineage and I can see they just got this steering wheel and that instrument binnacle and you know, kind of put everything together. That's what it felt like to me. So maybe all that goes away when you drive it. Maybe it's irrelevant, but I wanted it to be a more special place. Honestly. I hear that, but I will say two things to, to you in, 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 re, in response to that. One is, it looks like, yes, the rest of the interiors of the Mazda lineup, which I think look better than their price point right now. And it does look okay. like everything yeah. in the Mazda lineup. That's and a fair, I will fair also point. say this to you. I will also say this to you. Every interior that Porsche makes right now looks the same. So okay, you got me there. You, you, you got me you there. You can't, you know. You, I mean, with the exception of the 918, which of course is their halo car. Every you get in the Macan, you get in the Cayman, and you get in the Cayenne, and you get in the Panamera. Back to back to back to back. While the scale changes, it's all the same interior. So you can't you can't slight Mazda too far for putting. No, you're right, the and there you're right. That's a v- entirely fair point. And sitting in a Cayman is nearly no different than a 911. I really agree with that. Both are great, but it's the same interior. Yeah. I, I just kind of thought, well, the Miata has such a place, almost even more so than a Porsche 911, in driving enthusiast hearts. It's just such this icon and yeah, you're right. special you're right. car. Well, it is it the most successfully sold sports car in history, surpassing yeah. the 911. I mean, they, it sold they like could have done 150,000 units more. I get it. It is the icon in that yeah. regard. All so, right. Well, record breaker. I, I take your point. That's so, a good point. All right. Um, I... I love that Mercedes AMG GT. I am over <laughs> the moon about that car. 
It's Very even cool. better in person. Bright colors look good on it because the surfaces yes. are so clean and simple. Yes. Love mm-hmm. that car. I'm so impressed with it. I yeah, it was very nice. I want one without nice. driving it, which is crazy. I know, but <laughs> I like that car right away. So, what about you? Well, what were have, some standouts for you? Well, I have to say, I mean, the GT was cool. I, the GT was cool, but I have to say, on my most want to drive list, I got to put that MX-5. I'm I'm okay. so intrigued by yeah. that car. I, yeah, I'm I know really you are. intrigued by that car. I really want to drive it, and I want to drive that V6 middle of the pack manual F-Type. Oh, I, yeah. I really that's going to be that the sweet too. spot. It really is I, in terms of weight and balance. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get get my hands on that car. Biggest surprise and biggest letdown. To, to kind of a surprises to me. I didn't expect I'd end up in the same market category for both. I kind of talked about them already. Biggest surprise for me, new Volvo XC90. So impressive. Brilliant, biggest yeah. letdown, new Land Rover Discovery. Yeah. I, I just I, And the fact that I got into them so close in proximity to each other and was so on polar opposites about the two cars, almost in the exact same market, I just sat there going, really? I, I was floored. And so those are my surprise and letdown. The XC90 is impressive, man. If you're in the market for that car, it really please is. follow through. You know, Pretty I'm going to cool. add Hyundai to that list, too, because it's just sort of a, wow, this is great. This is They're even better than you think they are. Let's put it that way. They're yeah, fair. Excellent. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have to take a take a, a slap real quick at uh, Lincoln. Um, <laughs> Lincoln is trying to find themselves and failing. They have a new thing they're doing that is like yeah. your get your bespoke Lincoln, and it's called Lincoln Black Label. Which I'm sorry, that sounds like Lincoln has gotten in the alcohol business. <laughs> I, I just really the, the new Lincoln Black Label. What, what do you That's What do you have funny. that with? What does it go with steak? What What's What's that for? Does that go with a nice cigar? What is a Lincoln Black Label? I just Lincoln. I don't know. I they're talking That's about spending, funny. You said that they're talking about spending billions with a B to try to get that brand to find itself. I hope they're successful. Right now, they are kind of lost in the weeds. I just uh, I think it was just today I was out getting coffee and I saw a very nice looking well dressed woman getting into the MK whatever it is the sedan that I don't care about mm-hmm. and I thought to myself MKC, yeah yeah mm-hmm. ma'am you could do so much better you're very attractive you're well dressed you probably have money you can do better than this stupid ugly car I'm not impressed and I question your taste in everything else in your life because you're driving that car and yes I well, judged here's- her instantly. But I wasn't impressed. <laughs> Lincoln, here's the th- nothing to see I'm here. Sure Still nothing I'm to sure see she, here. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure she's a w- lovely woman. I will say this. I got in the MKZ, and I got in the Taurus. And here's the thing. The MKZ <laughs> does, is not different enough than the Taurus. Yeah. And the MKZ's rear headroom is terrible. I would bet you really? you have to be under 5'8 to not hit your head on the ceiling of that car. I had my head canted to the side in the rear seat of a Lincoln MKZ. And if you're selling that kind of four-seat, is it a three-series, is it a five-series competitor sedan, it has to be bigger than that. It has to have uh-huh. more room than that. Wow. But anyway, well, I'm off on a tangent but because uh, that was actually not my biggest surprise or biggest letdown. But I just did really look at Lincoln Black Label and just thought <laughs> – What's going on here? What's going on? Still nothing you know? to see here. That's such a their such motto. A, but there's a brand with history there, yeah. and it's floundering, and that's kind of sad to see. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, wrap things up, and uh, you know the cars Thank that we're guys. talking about. These are the kinds of things I want to start recommending. 
Of course we mm. want to get in and yeah. drive them and produce yeah. reviews. But it's cars like this that are a little bit out of our wheelhouse that we want to start recommending. So if you have ideas for things, again, just like we top, talked about at the top of the show, mm-hmm. other ideas. We are going to do the performance cars and surprises for every manufacturer. Hopefully that will yep. take us a while, and that should be a lot of fun. I um, think it will be. We're and, not going to uh, do like a show per manufacturer, but I'm no. sure it'll be probably three or four episodes to get through everybody. Yeah, it should be fun. And in the meantime, check out our videos. We are on YouTube. Please. So uh, YouTube slash Everyday Driver, Twitter, Facebook. Find us on Patreon. If you uh, are able to help us out, please check out Patreon slash Everyday Driver. And uh, really appreciate you please, listening to the please podcast. Please keep listening well. and rating this podcast yeah. on iTunes or on Stitcher. Your ratings do help others find it. Your reviews do help others go, yeah, I should listen to this. So please be passing it along. It is helping us that you are doing it already. Please keep doing so. Uh, we also do have an Instagram account. Guess what? That's Everyday Driver as well. We should actually remember to put some photos on there. That'd I need nice. to update that. I haven't been yeah. doing that in a while. And but, but stay tuned for Anywhere You're Looking. Mountains. That's coming. Oh, yes. It, Anywhere you're looking, it is slash Everyday Driver. And, uh, yes, we have our new feature film. We've been a little quiet on our standard videos the last few weeks because, of course, it takes an awful lot of work to just focus on getting this film out. It is going to be an hour long. We're looking at the the locked cuts actually just uh, the same weekend we're recording this. And uh, it's looking great. It's very exciting. So early December, that will be out in plenty of time for Christmas. It is on its way. Great. And we've got an FAQ dropping uh, hopefully this week. Uh, is that right? Am I yep, right on hopefully that? Hopefully so. Yeah, yeah. It should be a kind of an FAQ, different FAQ for us, a behind the scenes more FAQ that we shot as part of our mid engines and mountains shoot. So that is coming as well. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later.